Hello and welcome. This is Amanda, the founder of Astrology Hub, and you're listening to Frank Answers with award-winning astrologer and author of Getting to the Heart of Your Chart, Frank Clifford. In this weekly show, Frank answers your most pressing questions about timing, so-called negative chart placements or transits, your relationships, and more. If you have a question you'd like considered for the show, please go to astrologyhub.com slash frankanswers and submit it today. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy Frank's empowering and validating astrological insights and guidance. Hi, everybody. This is Frank Clifford, and welcome to another Frank Answers presented by Astrology Hub. Now, I have a couple of questions from Francis, who was asking about Saturn, but also the quincunxes that we covered uh, just a few sessions ago. And in her chart, she mentions she has a Gemini ascendant, uh, planets in Scorpio, planets in Capricorn. And of course, the Capricorn-Scorpio duo both quincunx at Gemini ascendant by sign, if not by degree, of course. So she's living with uh, her sun and moon quincunx, her ascendant. The big three are either sextile or quincunx each other. So that's fascinating. I'm going to mention that in a minute. And she said she heard that quincunxes are annoying aspects. Um, they can be annoying. <laughs> um, it can be annoying when you meet somebody who sees the world totally different from you, or it can be inspiring, it can be provoking, it can be uh, educational, however you want to see it. But certainly the quincunx at 150 degrees or five signs away really does um, have a, a bad reputation sometimes. Uh, but it's, it's the one um, aspect and it's the one connection between science, as I've said in the past, that's truly fascinating, that is uh, you're dealing with something very different. Now, if we look at your chart, Francis, we can see quite clearly that the Capricorn and Scorpio, both heavy signs, you know, serious, serious intent, um, have to work with that Gemini ascendant, which is about being light. Uh, perhaps um, uh, juggling things, and sometimes commitment shy. And yet Scorpio and Capricorn are both signs that are, are strong on commitment, strong on being dependable, reliable. So how does this all work in your chart? Well, this is the one, one of the great things that we learn when we're uh, uniting uh, or synthesizing the different elements of the chart. Think of them as being different aspects of who you are, rather than wondering how on earth do you pull everything together and make it work. Think of the sun and Venus in your chart here in Capricorn, uh, in the seventh house here. Think of that as a strong sense of commitment. And the sun is who you are deep down, your personal journey. So think of that Sun Venus as somebody that brings people together for serious intent, for important gatherings, uh, to, to make commitments and to uh, plan for the future. So Sun Venus person like yourself, Francis, in the seventh house, well, different jobs over the years could have been things like uh, you know, working as um, uh, organizer for different 
um, companies and using your skills of organization and uh, being committed to things, helping other people plan projects for the future or helping industries or some um, commercial or business interest develop. That could be one way of looking at it. So that's the serious intent of the Sun and Venus in Capricorn, the importance of tradition, the importance of respect. And then we have the moon in Scorpio that's next to Jupiter in the fifth house. And the moon in Scorpio is what you need day to day. So that is a sense of emotional commitment. Uh, yeah, Scorpio, the bottom line with Scorpio is always about commitment, about trust, and sometimes about betrayal, certainly understanding trust through betrayal and vice versa. So that moon in Scorpio is what you need. And you need a level of intensity, a level of purpose of really getting to the heart of something, going deep. The ascendant is how you negotiate with the world. And the ascendant in Gemini is always asking why. The big, big questions, the small questions, doesn't matter, all about why are we here? What are we doing? What does this mean? Help me put this together. Gemini is all about making links, finding patterns, connecting different ideas, and seeing how they interact with each other. So looking at the Capricorn and the Scorpio, we've got um, heavy, strong, serious commitment emotionally and of time and purpose. And the Gemini ascendant is how you go out into the world. And maybe with that Gemini ascendant, you have a skill to make some of these big issues light or palatable. Um, I always think of Gemini as the, uh, the Twitter sign or the, the person that's able to take complex subjects and make them relatively straightforward, bite-sized chunks, being able to uh, help people understand complex, deep issues in straightforward, simple ways. And so your Gemini ascendant may take some of the Capricorn and the Scorpio and go out into the world through your front door, that's the ascendant, and teach people some of the Capricorn Scorpio stuff in ways that is uh, easily, that ways that are easily digestible, shall we say. The Gemini ascendant also gives a skill, and this is not just an inherited one, but it's a learned skill and it's needs to be applied, a skill for communicating, for writing, be able to get your point across. And again, you may be interested in communicating, teaching, writing, in some way expressing yourself, but expressing the Capricorn and the Scorpio elements of who you are. So that may be one way of, uh, of trying to synthesize these, remembering that the sun is the purpose the real sense of vocation, the moon is the daily need, and the ascendant is how you communicate one-to-one -one with people, your public face, uh, and your skills in dealing with the world, in how you express yourself, and how you receive information as well. Now, back to your question, um, you mentioned that you've got the Ascendant at 29 degrees, Neptune at 29 degrees, and Mercury at 29 degrees. And you've heard very mixed messages. Well, Gemini Ascendant hears a lot of mixed messages and wants to get to the facts and the information. Well, my experience with the final degree is very much about um, mastery. And it's an ability to do things that other people with that same sign struggle with. 
So the Mercury in Capricorn that you have at 29 degrees may have a natural affinity to organize data, information, get things organized in a professional way that can be understood and understood clearly. The Gemini ascendants almost like, give me the information fast. I want, to, I want to learn as much as I can. There's an urgency about that final degree, particularly in Gemini. It's like, I want to know it all. Give it to me all. There's a, a mastery of being able to pick things up and use them intelligently. And you're born that part of the generation of Neptune at the final degrees of Scorpio. That's a collective issue. As Neptune was moving from uh, the mid-50s all the way through the 60s in Scorpio, about to step into Sagittarius. There's a, um, a big shift in the zeitgeist, really, moving from the Scorpio energies uh, into Sagittarius. And it may be that in some way you hold the key, being that final degree, being part of uh, the generation that has that final degree of Neptune and Scorpio, being able to pierce through all the BS uh, to get to the, the heart of a matter philosophically, creatively, uh, through religion, through any sort of Neptunian belief system, etc. So maybe it has something to do with that. You'll know, and please let me know more about that. Um, if you can, through the, uh, uh, through the feedback. Um, now, there was a final question from you that came in a week later and says, I don't understand Saturn. It's never mentioned in the readings I've gotten. And it should be because you're a Capricorn and Saturn is your ruling planet. And it helps to know a bit about that. Um, you said at the risk of being sacrilegious, Saturn seems a space junk in my chart. What am I missing? Well, I've, I don't think I've ever heard it called a space junk. Um, that's interesting, isn't it? Well, Saturn is an important player in your chart. It's in an out of sign square to Mercury. Saturn is also opposite Jupiter. So you were born at a zero year when they're either conjunct or opposite. And the first thing I want to say about that is if you're born with Jupiter and Saturn conjunct or opposite, so you were born in 1960, 1970, 1980, 1990, roughly around those times, um, your life manifests in various 10-year chapters. You're born at the conjunction 1960, 1980, 2000, etc. every 20 years. Um, then it feels like 10 years of Jupiter, the first 10 years of your life, followed by 10 years of Saturn. And this seems to go on through your life. It goes on in, in societies as well. We think about the roaring 20s and then the Great Depression of the 1930s. We think of the um, hedonism of the 1960s and then having to sort of step back in some way in the 70s or the, uh, the yuppie era of the 90s and then having to uh, again, have a Saturn 10 years in, in the 1990s. So in your life, in your chart, Jupiter and Saturn are opposite each other. And so the first 10 years are Saturn of your life. And then you're from 10 to 20, a Jupiter, 
from 20 to 30, a Saturn, and so on. Um, don't read that as a bad thing or a good thing. Jupiter and Saturn aren't simply good and bad. Um, the Saturn decade is very good for structure, for discipline, working hard. The Jupiter is more about education and learning and traveling in that sense. So you're born in that where in that moment where Jupiter and Saturn are exactly opposite each other. So it's a powerful aspect and it's a difficult one. I want to I'll talk more about it at a later Frank Answers. But Jupiter Saturn really are the two very different energies in the chart. Jupiter is all for expansion and learning. And Saturn says, wait, 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 put the brakes on. What have we got here? Let's build slowly. And having them opposite uh, is uh, an interesting struggle, but it's definitely worth uh, uh, frank answers in itself. So your, that Saturn of yours in Taurus, the fear, if you want to think of Saturn simply as fear, the fear is not having enough not having enough grounding with Saturn and Taurus. It might be a fear of not having property. And I know a lot of Saturn and Taurus people who went out and got their mortgages earlier than the rest of us, or they were keen on um, ensuring that they knew what debt they had, how they were going to plan, and how they were going to feel safe for the future. So Saturn and Taurus can certainly have an issue with money, belongings, and financial security. It's one of the, the many things that it can have. At its best, it's a mastery of those things. It's being able to um, account, to manage one's money, or perhaps the, the life lesson is to be able to do that. So Saturn is not only opposite Jupiter, it's opposite the moon and it's square Mercury. In fact, it's part of a T-square. So it's incredibly important. I'm amazed uh, nobody's really spoken to you about it. What would be interesting is for you to think about Saturn in Taurus. It's in your 11th house, which has a link to friendships and groups and a sense of um, uh, turning dreams into reality. And it might be that you're the real rock, the timekeeper for your friends on a very simple level. Saturn in Taurus, the uh, commitment to being there, to being a rock, to being a, a stable presence in your friend's lives, 11th house. So lots of different possibilities of how that might work. Um, play around with it. Uh, think of what the Saturn in Taurus has meant for you in the first 50 years of your life and realize that it's speaking to Mercury. So it's speaking to the planet of communication, making that more serious, when Saturn contacts a planet, it makes things heavier, more serious, more perhaps more focused in a way. And it's also opposite the moon and Jupiter. And when we've got a, such a strong Saturn, the phrase I always like to remember is that you may not get what you pay for, but you pay for everything you get, meaning that you really earn your way through life. Um, the Jupiter would like free lunches. Saturn knows as a Capricorn often knows as well, that there's no such thing as a free lunch. So um, uh, the understanding of that helps you through difficult times. And also it's, you know, it's difficult to, to disappoint because you've got a realistic expectation of how things manifest as well. Um, so you're not always praying and hoping for, for things. There's a sense of, okay, this is the way it is, and I'll earn my way through it. I'll work towards it. It will just take time, says the person with a strong Saturn. 
All right. Well, I'm going to leave it there. I hope that's answered some of your questions about the quincunx, 29 degrees, that degree of mastery, that degree of um, rounding things off or urgency as well. And also just starting to touch upon what Saturn might mean in your chart. Okay. Take good care of yourself and I'll see you all very soon. enjoyed this episode of Frank Answers. If you'd like to submit your very own question, just go to astrologyhub.com slash frank answers and fill out the form today. That's astrologyhub.com slash frank answers. If you love what we do and would like to support our work, please subscribe to the podcast, give us some stars and leave us a review. It does so much to help us get quality astrology out to the world. And we appreciate any time you spend doing this. Thank you for listening in today. And as always, thank you for making astrology a part of your life.